Hi guys, welcome back to the Metal Heads podcast. I'm your host Faye and today in episode 4 we're going to be looking at crowd mentality. My guests today joining me are Brad and Nathan from the Headbangers podcast. They have a YouTube channel and on Spotify so go and check them out if you haven't. Um, And we're going to be talking about social identity theory and how that can be applied to the metal scene. So like and share and retweet and all that good stuff. And yeah, I hope you enjoy. So did you guys do the homework? We did. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, me and I found out me and Brad basically watched like the same videos and like read the same stuff on it because like we've made a little like sheet on our like Google Docs and I was like, you've literally watched like we've done the exact same <laughs> stuff here. Yeah, we got proper into it though. It's quite interesting. We started to like draw some parallels between like you know metal and the crowd mentality so i imagine that's what we're going to get into anywhere but yeah it's really interesting yeah basically so yeah for anyone listening who isn't aware of what crowd mentality is it's basically it's something based upon social identity theory it's where basically your self-identity is based upon your either being a member or not a member of certain social groups that's basically what it's based on so that's why because because not everyone knows that and that's you know that's why i asked you guys to do a tiny weeny bit of homework that's <laughs> uh, okay kicks us into gear to be honest you know keeps yeah. us on track i mean i am a teacher so exactly <laughs> sorry i think like one of the most interesting ones that i saw was like this chimp stock experiment where they trained chimps that like had like colored blocks and it's like one represented holding the stock the other represented buying and the other one like sell and they found like all chimps literally like all looks at the other one like that fucker's holding now i'm gonna hold as well mm-hmm. and they all just collectively just did the same thing and then just found themselves in a bubble and completely fucked it whereas like and i was like, i just couldn't help but to think like when i was reading it about the game stop like stock shit like shit that went on like in reddit because everyone's like hold the stock and it became like this big massive crowd mentality thing mm-hmm. on reddit and then they just plummeted the stock by yeah. doing it and it's like you've literally made it worse for all of you by just be blindly following it that's a good parallel actually it's yeah it's exactly the same yeah i've just thought it was really interesting and when i was reading it i couldn't help but to think of that Mm -hmm. do you guys have any experience of that crowd mentality like being an in the metal concert context well not like for me I, i didn't pull up like a personal sort of experience but i thought about like the thrash metal scene in the 80s like when i think of the most sort of like group mentality scene it was definitely like the 80s you know and things were just starting to get a bit heavy you had like bands like exodus and paul bailoff that were like you know basically saying let's go trash some poses like anyone that doesn't listen to thrash you know fuck them off like go beat them up and like everyone was like so involved in that scene that like no matter what the band members said they'd go out and do it and then anybody that was opposed to it was a poser Mm. and then obviously he got into black metal as well where he was taken into the more extreme so oh no these people like you know ruin our our heritage here our nordic heritage let's go burn some churches down and they formed like an actual inner circle so yeah i think there's a a lot of nice parallels between it yeah i i think like for me when i've been like kind of in that crowd mentality sort of thing where like in the early days of the podcast like brad over here would like to test to this i used to be very opinionated and i think it was because like i like assigned myself to the like the fresh guy mentality of like oh yeah fresh is great fuck all poses and all this and like i just like immediately just like okay yeah yeah that's me you know i'm gonna follow that that crowd and then I want it. Want until like I got into the hardcore scene where I, I really broke out of that, and it was it's just like I realized that I was just literally just following what anyone else had done, and I wasn't really an individual person. I was just kind of like the typical like fresh guy. So I definitely have been like drawn into crowd like mentality. Like I, I just kind of would find a new one. Like I'd be like, oh, and I'm I'm a deaf metal kid, and just be in that crowd, then the fresh crowd, and then eventually like kind of broke free of all of them and just went fuck it i'll just be my own person yeah i think that's right i think we can all i think we've all been swept up in it at some point a little bit but before we get into that like much more i just want to hear a bit about you guys first because i was on your podcast a couple of weeks ago and thank you for that by the way it was a lot of fun no worries it was was great having you had some great feedback people i think people enjoyed that a lot (laughs) um oh yeah 
first of all, how did you guys meet? How long have you guys been friends for? Where did it all start? Do you want to start, Brad, or do you want me to? Because I, I think I remember. Go on. Okay. Um, so we, we there's like this one club in Leeds called the Key Club. And anyone that's like in Leeds and, and into alternative music, we're a very small community. So like, you know, everyone goes to the same place. It's like a magnet. Uh, even people that we speak to now still go there. Um, but like, you know, I'd always see certain people there. And Nathan was... Pretty much there. I think it was the the fuel night actually. So there's but so that was like the when time. We, that was when we properly met each other. Yeah. But you met Caleb like three weeks after because Caleb had met Ed, who was obviously your friend from high school, yeah. like on on a night out. And then from there, Caleb met you, chatted shit about Pokemon to you, in while she was like both pissed, called you for, and then from there we met at the fuel night and started that chicken slayers chat. Yeah, because there was also like another side of it. So we, we decided to get a KFC and like that became the sort of thing because after every night out, we'd always go to KFC at like 3 a.m. So we called ourselves the Chicken Slayers. <laughs> sounds pretty lame, sounds pretty lame now, but like <laughs> sounds like some 10 year old gang or something. But like, <laughs> but yeah, that's how we met. So we bonded through chicken and metal. And then now, yeah, we are. and that was five years ago. Mm-hmm. So we met for five because we weren't really that close. It's been a long five off. years. We weren't really that cl- close to really, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long five years, but <laughs> we weren't really that like close to start off with. We were like, we knew obviously we were mates, good mates, but we weren't like as close as we are now. And it wasn't until like, I had like a really messy breakup and Brad kept kind of inviting me around. So I went on my own. That's when we really started like becoming really good friends. And I remember you had the idea. It was like, who wants to be in, like, on a podcast? And I think I was the only one in the friends group that was like, yeah, I'll do it um so it just turned from us just kind of chatting shit in brad's bedroom just the two of us to be like oh let's just get a mic and just do that instead um so yeah that's that's how we we met and, and all that yeah that's so awesome because i get like major bromance vibes from you guys i think it's adorable <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's almost like a brotherly sort of love because like sometimes we want to rip each other's head off but then we're still like a very close bond mm. i feel like the podcast has like brought us together quite well um because you know we speak to each other pretty much every week like after my my partner i probably speak to nathan the most like you know sometimes he just call me like six six o'clock just to tell me about his day yeah so, yeah. Uh, no, no no you always you always reject the call and i know you reject the call because it rings three times it rings three times and then it goes <laughs> and that's how i know you, you, you that's how you know you're looking at it going ah fuck that right <laughs> It's like just just press the power button and it doesn't ring anymore because then I'm, I'm just gonna assume that you're busy. But when it's but 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 I know you're fucking taking your phone out and ignored it. Sorry to go on a tangent, but have you ever like hung the phone up on someone and they've been behind you? Like yeah, that you to did. me. I, I was walking to Sainsbury's and I hung up the call and my cousin was behind me. I was like, oh shit, sorry. Yeah, the worst one for answering your fucking phone in the entire group. Every time I called Dylan, straight away. You're like, literally, it's harder to call the fucking president than you. It's literally <laughs> like, it's like, oh, it's like, you might as well have like a secretary being like, okay, Brad's uh, available three to five, but he's not available rest of the time. Is that okay for you? I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Schedule it in. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> See, bromance. Bought together by metal. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So you said you guys have been friends for five years. Yeah. And you, how long has your podcast been going for? Uh, two, maybe. Two? Four, actually, 2019, so about three. Yeah. Yeah. But we cool. were pretty, like, inactive for about half a year when the podcast first started. Like, we did, like, one or two episodes. And then we, like, experienced, like, a lot of technical issues with the mics. And then, obviously, like, COVID was coming around as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, we all sort of fell off. And then we came back in COVID because we had nothing else to do. And then here we are yeah so just to get introduced to you guys a little bit better and then we'll go on with like the the social identity theory stuff mm-hmm. um if you could name your top three bands each to give people listening an idea of like what kind of metalhead you are top three bands easy trivium erpeth and bloodbuff mm-hmm. that's really hard for me um <laughs> it's <laughs> probably oh oh God's Hate, Incendiary, um, and at the moment, Tribal Glaze. Mm-hmm. What about Malevolence? 
I mean, like Malevolence were the guys that got me into hardcore, and I love Malevolence a bit. But at the mo- at the moment, because I've listened to them for so long and so much, and I'm, I'm having a bit of a break from them. But Malevolence is probably like in the top four. Mm-hmm. The like, Tribal Gaze, that that record's fucking insane. Yeah, like oh, they quickly became one of my favorites, oh. like just from listening to it. So I was like, yep, yeah, these, like, these guys are sick. I I think just bands on maggot stomp in general like that they kill it oh yeah not one band that i've heard from maggot stomp i think yeah like it's like tribal glazer um... i've had on repeat i've had it on repeat for like absolutely weeks now Mm it just never gets boring like it's just the perfect epitome of like you know how to keep the production just right it's not like shit production like you can tell what's going on but then the songwriting, the riffs, the yeah. vocals, everything's perfect. It really is. Well, it's, it's like that um, death metal guys, no, uh, hardcore guys start death metal bands. Started with like Black Dahlia Murder in a way, and then it's kind of like spiraled from there. So you found like you've got the groove area of hardcore thrown into death metal, and it makes mm. both of them great. Um, so I always, because I, whenever I hear it, like any of their songs, I'm like, there'd be like a groove section. I'm like, oh, that's a two-step section that. I quite like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's it's because it's from there's probably like listen to a lot of hardcore and death metal, so they just merged them. We'll go back to like the theme of today's episode, which is that crowd mentality, like being at a concert, for example. Um, any personal experience of how that is how you felt swept up in the whole atmosphere of it and feeling like you behave in a way that you wouldn't usually behave? Oh, yeah, I think definitely. for me. Like definitely one thing that sticks to mind is is Gojira when we saw them at Bloodstock 2018 or 19, I can't remember which one. But like it was just such a euphoric concert because like I think sometimes a gig is determined by like how much you you and your friends and the rest of the crowd enjoys it, which is a reason why you must know, like, you know, Downward Festival in the UK. Like it's the one reason why I don't like that festival as much because I feel like a lot of the crowd doesn't really get involved. Like they're just sort of there, they stand there, they don't really do much, which is fine. But like for me to really get into a show, like I like when everybody's in the same wavelength, like everybody's feeling the same way towards it. Everyone's having a good time, moving a little. Um, and I feel like with Gojira, like everyone was there and everyone was having a good time. I didn't see one single person that was like not like mesmerized by them. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they had everyone hypnotized in a certain way. You know, whether it's crowd surfing, whether it was just headbanging, singing along, like I don't think anybody does it as good as Gergera. That's they can just grab someone like that, and I, I think that's one reason I'll always remember that that concert because it was amazing yeah. for me personally. Yeah, I think for me, there's there, I, there's been plenty of times where I kind of get swept up in like the crowd, in, in especially a gig sort of situation. Like there's been multiple times where because I'm quite a very you know like keep myself to myself like quiet person but like when there's a crowd doing the same thing I'm now like I'll oh, yeah. just do that as well it's like ha- like, it, like hardcore shows there'll be people just leaping off stage and I'm like well if they're doing it I'm doing it so like I'll do shit like that and like I wouldn't do that outside of the crowd but it's because I'm kind of drawn up in that atmosphere where I'm like well everyone else is doing it so and it is fun so I'm gonna just do that as well so I, I th- every single show, I I, I kind of get into that sort of probably crowd mentality as well. Like as well, like back in back in the day, I've kind of calmed down now. But I used to, me and Kale, my mate Caleb, we used to be like the biggest like guys to jump into the mosh pit. We used to be the first ones in the group to jump in. Mm. And now, like, we don't really do it that much because Caleb's in mosh retirement back. now. I'm not. Well, it depends. Depends on the mood, but. Yeah, we used to do that all the time, and it was just purely because we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, and we just swept up in it all. Yeah. It's the thing, and there's been so many, especially in the field of psychology, there's so many studies done about crowd mentality at, like, sports games. It's such a negative, like, hooliganism, for example. They focus on lots of, like, the negative sides of crowd mentality, like football hooligans, that's obviously not great, like the violence, the aggression, the racism, all that stuff that comes with it. But I think, apart from what you were saying about thrash in the 80s, um, that's a good point. And that black metal sort of like extremism. I think metal concerts are actually a really positive example of crowd mentality. Yeah. Because metalheads, we have a lot in common. There's a reason we like the music. We like, we tend to be pretty chill on a day-to-day basis. Like we have boring ass jobs. 
we were at an office or you know we're, we're not like like crazy extroverted people on a day-to-day basis you know we have jobs boring responsibilities but then we get in these groups with each other and we can just like release all that energy and the aggression and sadness or whatever it is we have through this music and I feel that like I feel really safe at a metal gig but I'd happily take my kids to a metal gig I would not take Mm -hmm. my children to like a pop concert or like an R&B concert or something I wouldn't I'd feel much safer taking my kids to a metal concert that might sound weird yeah there's some sort of like brotherhood to it you know like if someone falls you pick them up and like I think everyone's pretty cordial you get like the odd like bad egg or two but for the most part like everyone's sort of nice and like I said I think everyone builds up over so long like they're ready to just have a rager but in a good way and so like they build it up they go they let it out and then they go back into the shell again and they hibernate for another half a year until the next year so yeah I think it's quite it's quite interesting I do want to pull something up actually about the crowd mentality that the video that I watched that was quite interesting it's not metal related but I just thought it was cool and just like so there's like that patient thing where you know this woman walks into like a patient lobby and uh, everyone just starts standing up at the beat for no reason, which you'd think, oh, I wouldn't do that. But then like, obviously she sees people doing it. And then like after the third one, she starts getting up to and she has no idea why she's doing it, but she does it anyway. And then like, you know, more people come in, they start doing it as well. And it's just, it's really interesting just like how people do that. But then if you look on the bigger scope, you've got stuff like politics as well. I mean, that is crowd mentality. The media's crowd mentality. It's yeah. like such a big scope. It's, it's interesting though because that didn't used to be crowd mentality a lot of people used to have the idea it's like oh you voted for that person i don't care um and it was shit like that in it's now because of social media that's transcended into a different realm because Absolutely. now it's become us against them mm. in a way like whereas before it used to just kind of be like nah, I, don't, I don't really care i voted for that guy and it was like it, it used to just be that now it's it's literally like what you don't believe the same thing or you, you voted for that guy, that's it, done, like, anger, just aggression, um, and I think it's because of that little bubble you put yourself in on social media. Yeah, and mm. it's because, like, like you mentioned today, people's identity, like, having a really strong identity and fitting yourself in these certain boxes is so important to people. I don't personally understand that. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, this way politically inclined I have this gender I have this you know it's like I think like you said social media doesn't help because everyone feels the need to like put their identity out there and like classify themselves in some way and it is it does sort of amplify that whole identity theory like I my identity is based on my belonging to this group or not belonging to this group and I think like you said it's just social media has not helped that in any way absolutely and it's all targeted as well like you know things are just meant to be seen to what you want to see in a way or like what you don't want to see so to invoke a reaction so like it's even harder to escape from that and then people will take that on and put that as their almost personality trait after Mm. a while so it's it's a weird time but you know yeah and there's a very there's a specific area of social identity theory that applies to metal community and that's gatekeeping oh yeah i oh, put God, notes yeah. up on there <laughs> mm-hmm. about it because i was i was gonna like try like maybe try to talk about it as well because mm-hmm. it's like everyone's sort of we, me and brad always talk about it. it was like you had like this circle of people who likes like certain bands everyone kind of followed that crowd and now like 30 years on those bands are still as big and the biggest and there's only like a few stragglers that have got through and now there's younger bands that can't get any sort of exposure that are great but they're like why are the same like 40 year old bands popular like as popular as well why are they still selling out headline shows and it's because of that gatekeeping mentality of like oh you don't listen to cannibal corpse fucking poser He's yeah. like, yeah, you might not listen to Cannibal Corpse, but there might also be like this new death metal band that he's really into. It's like that whole whole mentality kind of ruins the scene in a way. I don't, I just don't understand it. Like, because I'm so curious, like my brain's like, why did gatekeeping even exist? Like, I, progression. It's, it's, it's the natural order of music. Like things progress. Like, um, 
death metal just just take death metal there's so many sub genres of death metal that there weren't like 10 20 years ago but they're yeah. all awesome in their own way and they all take inspiration from each other and you know some of it i love some of it i think it's okay but again they're they're doing their thing and it's great and it's all about progression um that's just it's just the way it happens it's, you can't obviously you can take influence from the past you can learn from the past both good and bad but i just think the whole gatekeeping thing of like oh if you don't like carcass you're not welcome in this community it's like oh god like exactly and i, I think the issue with it as well is that me and nathan have talked about this in our podcast too but like if people like don't get past the past and just like you know the gatekeeping these are the best bands i don't listen to anything else like it means that when these bands are gone the metal community and the metal bands are going to suffer because nobody's wanting to go to these like local shows and nobody's wanting to support the underground and mm. um, like you know these bands aren't going to be around forever and to be honest like some of the newer bands are doing more interesting stuff now like you know it's sort of like when that was first coming out that was the best thing but now that there's other bands you can say oh this is what you can do now like why do you not want to see the progression why don't you want to see what else you can do with you know death metal black metal all the subgenres. like there's yeah. sometimes a band will break through like you know spirit box are doing quite well malevolence are doing quite well but i think we need to see that same sort of support for all the smaller bands too and like even the band themselves like they respect the smaller bands they bring them out on tours just like bring me the horizons bringing lorna shore out mm. you know just like other bands are supporting other bands so it's like let let people let the the new way the bands come forward and let them headline because eventually who are we gonna have to headline you know once slipknot's gone once iron maiden's gone stuff like that exactly and like you say between the bands like the big bands they know that they're not going to be around for much longer or not touring yeah. maybe for much longer so they're helping to support and bring up the, the new wave of death metal that's going to or just extreme metal in general that's going to keep it going and that's what they're thinking about is longevity you know there's no um I, 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 that's why I don't understand gatekeeping because if you love something surely you want it to last and progress and yeah. just keep going you don't want to just like shut it down and 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 like condense it to one very specific thing because then it's just gonna die. I don't get it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like on on Brad's sort of point as well. Like we were talking. I remember me and Brad had the, like this like debate once. It would I think it was before we started the podcast. And um, I was talking about mainly Bloodstock and Brad. Right? Oh, it's great though. They get small people onto headline like Parker would drive a headlining. But I use I I just I said to Brad though, but they've been around for like 30 years. And this is their first ever headline show of like a festival. You compare it to like other genres, most of the time it's like you get people who are literally like like really like popular at that moment headlining that festival. Mm. So it's like if it takes a band roughly an average of 30 years for you to be able to headline a festival in general, most bands aren't gonna last that long because I've been in bands for like last three years. I've been multiple bands for like the last three years. That shit, it's not cheap at all. Like yeah. everything you do will co is co co does cost money. And then in, in the last three years, I've been in three different bands because it just doesn't last that long. And if it takes 30 years to be taken seriously yeah. as a musician and also be put on, like, oh yeah, you can headline, then no one's going to fucking do that because they're, they're like, okay, well, fuck it then. Yeah. Like, like I'm, if it takes that long, I'm just going to leave it because a lot of people don't have the patience for that. Like, yeah. And I think that's why you've got these select few stragglers that have got in because they're the only ones that might be, ah, yeah, I can be asked doing that. Like a lot, there's a lot of great bands that died off maybe after the first year of dropping like an EP because they'll go to local shows and it is draining. You go to the local show, there's no one there. You play to a room with like four people. Yeah. And it's just annoying because you're there like, oh, what's the point? And you'll be doing it for like years on end. I have no people that have been in bands like the last 10 years that have just seen no growth. Mm. But you're still seeing like these same 30-year-old bands like headlining. It's like, well, you know, like why can't you give someone like that, you know, like them a then a chance them a chance because it's they've been a band for 10 years and then they've got they're at the same place they started. Mm. Who the fuck else is gonna like really want to bother? Yeah. Yeah. I agree and that, that's why I like like for example I went to see Gojira and they had alien weaponry and employed to serve um, supporting them 
and you know I read uh because they, they did an interview and they said well you know 15 years ago that was us you know someone gave us a chance and took us on tour and and now we're we're lucky enough to be in this position where we can now take out some bands that need some publicity and like some 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 love and support and I just think that's the way it should be it's just the natural way of things it's like parents bringing up children you know it's it's the whole it's it's just the natural order of things I think that should be applied to music too oh yeah Yeah, absolutely and I think also you know it's great to see that like you said the support from like someone like Gergiera who were that band once and I think another band that springs to mind is trivium too like they're always bringing out like not only like younger metal bands but younger hardcore bands and they'll always like post a big list you know kind of like how the metal twitter does and you'll post like all your favorite albums like he'll do that as well which yeah. is pretty rare sometimes to see from a band to do that like you always wonder, I wonder what they're listening to like he just wears it on his sleeve and says, these are the bands you need to listen to yeah. and we're bringing them out on tour next month and i think more bands are starting to do that which is great because it's like that's the only way we can grow and sustain itself so i would like to play a little game with you guys and i play this with all my guests i don't know how many episodes you've listened to of my podcast well there's only three but (laughs) um and it's called gift or curse the basic idea is i'm going to give you five things that just exist in the world and you guys have to decide if that thing is a gift to the world or a curse upon the world sounds fun let's do it okay yeah, I'm up for it. My first thing, quite controversial. Pineapple on pizza. Gift or curse? Gift. Gift. <laughs> no. I quite like it. Tomorrow. I quite like it. It is it I, I feel like it gets a lot of hate. It does. It has a very, very nice flavour to the pizza. A very good contrast with the cheese. It's very nice. It's got like a yin and yang flavour thing, you know? Yeah. Like they, they shouldn't go together, but like it's, it's like the, the sweet. Yeah, the sweet and savoury. It's, it's a classic dynamic, a classic duality yeah, of like, foods. Like, it's perfect. Bacon, like like it. It's like baking on pancakes with maple syrup. That's banging. Pineapple on pizza is equally as banging. I mean, just the idea of pineapple and tomato doesn't doesn't sit well in my head or my stomach, to be honest. It's amazing. I mean, I've already established that I have no say on pizza. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, Brad's the bravest <laughs> one because he's having that pineapple directly on the yeah. fucking tomato. I'm like a new breed of people like, to hate. Wow. Because it's like no cheese, so it's straight on that tomato. Yeah, yeah so Brad hates cheese. You hate pie. We established yep. that in the episode I was on. That's brave mm-hmm. for a northerner, but yeah. Exactly. I'm so you're saying... in the office for it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're I saying it's should. a gift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Now, um, I don't know if you don't have kids, either of you. No, 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 no. no. Right. So number two is children. Gift or a curse? And I'm interested to hear this from people who don't have kids of their own. Gift for me. Hmm? See, I feel like... (laughs) I knew Brad's answer before uh, before you uh, finished the question. It feels weird saying it to someone that has kids, you know? No, no. Trust me. I have kids. If you say curse, I'll be like, it's fine. Is it isn't a curse like directly to me? Like if I had kids, like is it my opinion whether I want them or not? Yeah, it's like a it's like it, you know. It's how you feel. Do you, like do you feel conference. they're a gift or a curse to the world? Curse. Yeah. Yeah, but it's only because my perception. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of kids personally, mm-hmm. but I understand it's a gift for some people. Just not for me. I can barely look yeah. after myself. So <laughs> me, me and Brad have got like two very opposite like opinions yeah. on it. Like you don't because obviously Brad, you don't want kids at all. Um, whereas yeah. like it's always been the goal for me to have kids eventually. Mm-hmm. Like I've always seen myself as a dad. Yeah. Um, like in the future and all that. I've always seen my future as get a nice little house, you know, get married, have a kid, you know, have a few kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like been the ideal life for me. Yeah. Um, because I, just, I you know, I, I just, I think it'd be very a rewarding, and b like it's just it. Ever since I was eight years old, that was like, yeah, I can see my life going like that. I respect people that don't want. There's no one that says you have to have children. Like I respect mm-hmm. people's decision not to have kids because that might be better than having kids for them. Because if you have kids and you don't really want to, but you have it because you feel you have to, it's just, it's, yeah. No, it's not good. So I mean, I never said... say never. 
maybe eventually I'll change my mind. If it's just at the moment, yeah, definitely. I know I wouldn't appreciate having a kid if I was to have one now. Maybe in the future I'll change. Maybe I've just got some some growing up to do, you know, it's becoming less selfish. I had <laughs> so... a theory with this, with you, because you're an only child. Against me. No, but you're the only, you're an only child, whereas I'm the oldest of three. They call so me a selfish I, Most people, no, but most people, most people that I've met that don't want kids don't have siblings. So like, it's a Fair very point. weird thing. But I think it's something to do with if you're the oldest or if you've got siblings, you kind of have that innate sort of knee-jerk reaction to want to care for someone else as well. It's Fair, a weird as a thing, psychologist, do you, think, do you no, condone this? It's, it's, it's true, though. I think it's there's something to it because everyone I've met doesn't have any, like, you know, like that's an only child has no intention of having kids. But most people I've met with siblings are like, yeah, I'd want to have kids. I don't think you can group everyone together. <laughs> I mean, I think it can go both ways because I'm an only child and I've got two kids. Um, not that I didn't have a great childhood as an only child, but I always sort of maybe felt there was something missing in that way. Like, um, And I just think that I had my oldest, he's three years older than my youngest and, you know, he's a, he's a good boy. He's a really good boy, but he's always like, it's just nice to see them playing together and like... Mm. Um, having that bond. I have an interesting question for you, Fair. Yeah. Do you feel like as an only child and then having kids, that has taught you to, I mean, not saying that every only child is like a bit like more self-centered than like, say, a person with siblings, mm. but do you think that it teaches you to be less self, you know, you know, more selfless by having kids? Because now you've got someone to give for, as opposed to siblings, you've always got the sharing aspects and you've got to like, you know, do things together. Absolutely. I, I think it has. And, and as an only child, you are. You haven't grown up having to share, having to take someone else's needs into consideration. So you are inherently more selfish just naturally. It's not because you're trying to be, you just are because you haven't grown up with that. Um, so yeah, as soon as you become a parent... I use that excuse next time I make a selfish decision. Yeah, it's your parents' fault, <laughs> it's not yours. <laughs> exactly. Welcome. But I think what you're saying, Nathan, can be applied to both ways. Because I also know people who've got many siblings who don't have any kids because they were like, fuck that. That was mm -hmm. the worst having to share and it was just fighting. I think it can swing both ways. But I think yeah. it's nice that you have that. You have the, you've had the positive experience of that. I think. It's yeah. Nice. Like, uh, you know, gro the thing is growing up with like with siblings, you have like some of the best memories because you immediately, it's like, it's, it's a weird thing, but you immediately have like, um, like when you're like friends, like immediately you know like you're a kid because there's only there's only three years between my brother and there's only four years between me and my sister so like we all kind of all grew up at the same point mm. so it was like we, you know you you immediately have just friends that you can talk to or like you know like yeah you know, a lot of the times me one cute little thing was when my brother was in reception we still have it um they had like a little question on air and at this point i was six my brother was three and uh, he was like writing down, he was like, what makes you sad? And he wrote down, when Nathan won't play out with me. No. So like, it, you know, it's like you have like immediate, like this connection with each other where you can be friends, like, and, and like have this really nice bond. And you grow up really like, I think it helps your empathy a lot more because mm -hmm. it's like you, you really are always around someone that, you know, might be feeling something different to you. Or like you might upset someone or say something that I think if you was like, and only like if you did that in like a social situation, it'd end like really badly. But because it's your sibling, you learn in an early age. Oh shit! Yeah. You don't say shit like that. Yeah. Oh okay, and it's like it's it's weird. It almost jumps at you in a way. Mm. PlayStation is cool too. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, and that's partly why I had another child is because you know I just I wanted my oldest to always have someone he could rely on like when when I'm not there anymore and maybe friends come and go boyfriends girlfriends come and go but at least they'll always have each other do you know what I mean um yeah. so that that was my kind of thinking behind that so so we That's have one awesome. gift and then one curse for kids yes fair enough now number three I've put this on here because I have a very strong opinion on this and I want to see okay. if, you know pumpkin spice flavored slash scented things gift of i literally had a pumpkin spice letter today so you already know my opinion on this nah yeah. cursed 
cursed for me. Yeah, I cursed. couldn't agree more. Fucking hate the stuff. It's disgusting. It tastes. Do not put that shit in my coffee. Yeah, like I tried this pumpkin spice latte, and I was like, "What are all the, what are all these people ranting about?" Oh, it's like, delicious. No, 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 no. It no, it made my coffee worse. Yeah. It made it actively worse yes, than what it, it was. Did. Exactly. I tried it once. I remember it was I was in Luton Airport, worst airport ever, by the way. Um, yeah. About. I'm not surprised. <laughs> just really <laughs> shit. About five, six years ago. And I saw, and there was a little Starbucks there, and I was like, right, I need to try this pumpkin spice because I, you know, everyone's raving about it. It must be great. And I tried it, and I was like, this tastes, my coffee tastes like soap. This can't it's be ruined. like. It's ruined. It's ruined. What have they done? And I took it back, and I was like, is it meant to taste like this? And she was like, yeah, people love it. And I was like, right, great, okay. Thanks for that. Never had one since. It was just the worst. I don't understand the hype. The worst one as well. Like, have you ever tried it with oat milk? It is so worse with oat milk. Like it is so much worse. Like it is absolutely vile with oat milk. Like what's it taste coffee, like? No, coffee with oat milk, amazing. It's yeah, actually yeah. like way better than with normal milk. Absolutely. I agree. Pumpkin spice, because you get the nut, the nutty taste of the oat milk, and then this soapy, disgusting, <laughs> fucking mess of a flavor. That's the fucking pumpkin spice, and then the bitterness of the coffee, and you're there like, you know what? I, I, that I honestly sounds hideous. It is awful. I had one from fucking. I had one from Starbucks. It was the worst coffee I've ever had in my entire fucking life. Like, and it was to the point where I drank half of it. The fucker was five fucking pounds, and I was there like, you know what? Don't, I'm not having the rest. I've had one sip. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough. I don't have to subject myself and try to convince everyone like, oh, you know. Pumpkin spice is great. It's fucking shit. It actively destroys the flavor of whatever the fuck you put it in. And it just, it's disgusting. I disagree. Agree. I agree with that uh, 100%. I was on my way to work today. I was going to go to the gym. Bus was late. I was like, fuck it, let's go to Greg's. I saw it. Pumpkin spice. Took a sip. I was like, spooky seasons begins now, boys. Let's go. <laughs> no, it, it, honestly, it popped in my head, right? No, whilst I was drinking this fucking disgusting ass coffee, Right, it popped into my head. Who the fuck at Starbucks went? You know pumpkins that shit you carve at Halloween. Yeah, what if you fucking put that in a coffee? And why the fuck won't it be immediately ejected from the meeting? I think he's like a you're an idiot. No. He or she's a genius. No, no, it's Lovely. awful. It's awful. It is just ruins everything. And October's the worst because you always get it in everything, and you're like, you know what? I just don't want it at all. It's everything, and suddenly anything that's just normally orange is suddenly pumpkin or pumpkin flavored or pumpkin smelling and you're like no it's just orange in color it's <laughs> fuck's sake it's not yeah. a nice thing to eat either it's just not nice it doesn't taste nice i don't texture. think it smells particularly great like pumpkin spice scented candles and oils and all that shit that basic white people buy it's just like <laughs> i've literally got a pumpkin spice candles lit right now <laughs> So you're, you're feeling the, attacked, Brad. You are <laughs> the basic white bitch that they aim all I am. Oh, I've known Brad for five years. He I was the there in the back. Basic of white Pumpkin bitches. spice latte, Matthew McConaughey book on. I was like, this is living. <laughs> Amazing. Wine in hand, Ugg boots on. Yeah. Ugg boots, like, this is living. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I, hate, I hate the stuff. I Thank absolutely you. hate it. Do not I bring just... it within 10 miles of my coffee. I, like our last really likes it and she went i was like oh is it nice and she went yeah and i felt fucking tricked i honestly felt tricked i was like you know what i always trust her opinion i was like her opinion here is fucking wrong like smart girl bit of a tangent but the smell of pumpkin there's certain smells that immediately make me feel make me sick like projectile it's dog food for one if that is an inch away from me i will fucking vomit and i own the dog like it is so fucking torture whenever i have to feed him like i once honestly vomited all of my kitchen counter just trying to fucking give him a bit of dog food and i pumpkin. own a dog yeah <laughs> pumpkin Poor dog. but the, the love of the dog is enough for me to suffer that pumpkin there's no reason why i need to suffer through that when i was used to be a kid and i'd be carving pumpkins my mum had to dig it out for me because if I was in the room whilst it going cad, I'd just fucking projectile, like just like exorcist level shit. It, sm it like, smells it's just horrible. So bad. It yeah, doesn't it smell nice. so bad. Yeah. 
Well, I'm so glad that at least one of you agrees with me on that. <laughs> yeah. Guys don't respect spooky season. No, I, I, I respect spooky season, my favorite season, but pumpkin spice season is the worst fucking season. Spooky season and pumpkin spice season unfortunately coincide, but pumpkin spice can just fucking do one. That's just <laughs> it. Like, not having That's it. corrected them. <laughs> no, you enjoy it. You do you. That's great. <laughs> cool. So number four on my list is, I also have a very strong opinion about this. Okay. <laughs> Festivals. Gift or curse? Ah, Gift. in the in between. In between. This is the thing. Fuck off, no, but you go to one every year. How can it be in I between? Go, yes, I go to one every year because mates are there. But sometimes if none of you were there, it would be fucking shit. Obviously, not going to go by yourself, are you? I, no, I like festivals. This is why I think it's both a gift and a curse. Because gift, massive lineup of bands that you really want to see. Great. Curse, Bloodstock this year was boiling, hotter than a fucking oven. I miss all the other, all the bands that I wanted Can't to see. Can't blame the festival for the sun. I'm not blaming them for that. But I'm not blaming them for that. But the more, mostly in the summer, yeah, that was probably the coolest fucking Bloodstock we'll see in our lifetime. It probably be like 60 fucking degrees next year. And that this is why it's the curse bit. Camping and not showering, showering, I feel disgusting on that last day. I mean, I agree with that. Like, honestly, they, they still, the, sometimes the smell, because you can tell who's had a baby wipe shower and who's just fucking gone for it. Like, this year, it was that sometimes someone rip, lift their arm out, like, it would make my eyes fucking peel. <laughs> like, <laughs> they wouldn't just water, they'd fucking peel. Like we say, like just, just even a, just a little bit of deodorant would have made that so much more bearable. But nah, bro, you just like went fucking forty degrees. Don't need no deodorant. Mm-hmm. At least we bared each like, other. Mate, it's it's like fifty percent gift, fifty percent curse. Like it's honestly an even split. See, I'm fully gift personally because, mm-hmm. like, even though you sacrifice hygiene you sacrifice eating a stable diet for five days like you know you're there stacked full of bands you're completely disconnected from the world like even when you go on like you know abroad or you go on holiday like you're still sort of in society in a way it feels like you're in society but then when you're at a festival you're surrounded by metalheads you're surrounded by all kinds of alternative people like it's the one time it's like you know like a pilgrimage for metalheads you know you all go there you all have a good time everyone's on the same wavelength so i think that sort of um, dilutes the facts of the of the curse side of it personally yeah. and I respect that my personal opinion I am way too much of a princess to be sleeping in a tent just not gonna happen <laughs> like I love going to a concert because I know I can go back to a hotel and have a shower afterwards and like sleep mm-hmm. in a proper bed and this is just full princess mode and I, I you know it's just this is what I am um but the thought of sleeping in a tent, not washing, and being around other people doing that, and they're probably drunk or high or both. It's just, no matter how good the bands are, I would not enjoy myself. It would just dampen the whole experience for me personally. So yeah. I'm, I'm I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> curse. Just, I'd rather just go to like a concert with like two or three bands. That would be great. Yeah. It does get to like the last day. And you know what I mean? Uh, from when you're just like, I kind of want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, honestly, honest. You know what? I tried to get the showers each day. He did try. He really tried. Every single fucking day, every different hour of the day. It was always packed. And it's like, oh, yeah, nine quid to bathe yourself. Cheers, mate. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's a fair deal. But like, I didn't even get to the paying point. I just heard that it was nine quid from people that had waited two hours for, to get there. I was like, I can't, as much as I hate being unclean, mm. I also can't be asked waiting two hours to get a, sh- a mediocre shower. Yeah. Do people get a time limit? Like, like what if someone takes like an no. hour in the shower? No, there were, like, definitely no, to get out? there were definitely no time limit limits because I swear that it's like the doors never opened. Like uh, you look down and the same people would be in the same place in line, just there. And the doors would still be closed. You wouldn't see anyone coming out with a towel, like, you know, drying their hair or all like that. It'd just be closed the entire time. And it, should, it felt right. like hell. And it was boiling as well. Like, you'd see steam coming out the top. I'm like, oh, it's like 50 degrees. Yeah. And then I've got to get into a steamy shower too. I pass yeah. out. 
No. That that's literally my idea of hell. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I like them. <laughs> if my mate, the thing is, the only thing that's good about it is the bands and my mates. But you know, like, there's a lot of cons to that mm. as well. Where it's like paying like nine quid for a burger that's like drier than like yeah, that is the worst. Than a boot, and it's like you know what? It's like that was worth nine quid. Like ice cream this year, like eleven quid for an ice cream. <laughs> yeah, okay, that seems fair. Wow. Um, like I had like an impressively dry kebab. Like it was the driest kebab I've ever had. It was like eating through tire. It was awful. I'm like, this is actually impressive how they managed to make it so dry. I got sick after eating awful. at one of the places. I can't remember which one, but I, I came back and I was, my stomach was in bits. Um, yeah. yeah no, Yet another reason that I just festivals. I mean, the only yeah. festival it was called a festival was Incineration Festival. It was like over one day. It was like from like eleven in the morning until midnight, and you could just go around different venues and go and see the bands you want, and then you could just go home afterwards or go to your hotel. That was great for me. That that's that's as much of a festival as I will ever go to. If it involves sleeping in a tent, I will not be there. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy the one day as to be fair. Like we've got um, damnation coming up. It used to be in Leeds, so I'm really annoyed that they got rid of it in Leeds. Um, yeah, but I, I understand that capacity capacity wise, they kind of had to do it. It was, it was overheaving a bit. Mm-hmm. But like you know, he used to go to the festival to get a taxi home. That was it. Yeah, yeah. that Lovely. was nice. Lovely. Nice and I've, I've also reached that age now where I'm like, yeah, I just I need to go home, have a sleep. <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. blame you i'm kind of feeling the same way yeah yeah but you're the festival king brad I Literally, the like, king, but... it is your zone like i remember the amount of times i'd be sat at camp just trying to cool off and brad would be like in the arena come back looking like a lobster and be like <laughs> yep i saw like this band this band this band and then he'd shoot off to see the next few and i'd be like i can't even be asked getting up yeah i have to put myself through the pen to get my money's worth <laughs> it was painful and i did come out like a lobster so, my final question on this list is one that I ask all my guests. <laughs> Flavoured condoms, gift or curse? Curse. Curse. All condoms are curse. <laughs> I mean, I, I, to get <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, I don't, I think they're very like much a with gift. Fire. I think they're very much a gift, you know, like they stop STDs, oh, that, that, STIs, you know, like I'll they play are devil's much... advocate. I'll play devil's advocate. I think they're a gift to the world. But not a gift for me. I think you've just outed yourself on a podcast here, bro. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I'm actually a father. He's like the man who doesn't want children hates condoms. Yeah, it's ironic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I don't got... want kids, but condoms can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I've secretly got about twenty kids right now. They're just like all across the world. You know? <laughs> yeah. Somewhere there's like some really tall blonde kids just randomly spotted around. Like it's like they walk around going fucking hate cheese, and yeah. then there's like <laughs> don't like fucking love pineapple. Huh? Pumpkin spice lies. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think they're a curse mainly because what's the market you're trying to fill? Because latex tastes awful anyway. But it's like, hey, how about we make our awful rubbery shite latex taste like a banana covered in shite latex? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that was a genius idea because yep. like that that would work. Yeah, no, it's an absolute. Tragic, right? Tragic. I've never, I've never known anyone that's bought them unironically. Mm. Like, I never know anyone that's been like, tell you what, those flavored condoms, the best. Like, I'm. I, that's the only ones that I do. No, they're, yeah. they're, they're condoms are great. Flavored condoms can honestly fuck off. Like, yeah. it, it's just disgusting. I agree, and I think it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good measure that if you're on a date with a guy and he brings those out, it's like, nah. <laughs> It was yeah. like, happening. It's a very good measure of like the maturity level of someone. But you know what's funny? It's always the one like because people buy them as a joke, forget they have them, mm. right? And then like it's always like when that someone's forgot to buy it, like buy some that then they get used. They're literally like the backup condom. Yeah. It's like, but yeah. they're unintentionally the backup Substitute condom. Team. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hang on, I, I bought these as a joke ages ago. I'll use yeah. these. Exactly, like I bought them as a joke, but oh, I forgot to buy real ones, and so now we have to use these. If you had yeah, to do like, like a brand deal, there, if someone said, "Right, Metalheads podcast, um, we need to, you know, create a flavor, you know, for your brands," like what would you pick? Something that describes the the podcast as a whole. What's your What's your flavor? Mint chocolate. Nice. 
I did see one one where it was like chocolate flavored, but like the only way I, you know, what I could imagine what the flavor would be, and it's like, have you ever sprayed like Lynx Africa straight into your mouth? Probably be no. like bang on that. No, how would you do that? that? <laughs> I'm not saying I've done it. You damaged like, child. Have you ever t- you ac- have you ever accidentally tasted like? Oh, what if uh, again? This is like a, you know, like a sibling thing. Once my brother thought it'd be fucking hilarious whilst I was laughing to just spray fucking at, like deodorant straight that into my funny, mouth. That's fair. how I know what that tastes like, and it's disgusting. But it's probably how I am how I imagine like a chocolate flavored flavored condom would also taste like. Like it'd yeah. probably be bang on that. See, like you said, latex is a very strong flavor on its own. So yeah, I was with a guy. <laughs> I was with a guy once. He had bacon flavored ones. Oh, that's oh. disgusting. Yeah. Oh, I don't even like frazzles to be honest. Like you know, bacon flavored things. Never mind bacon flavored condoms. Yeah, that'd be a red flag. It, it'd be like out. I had one person like hand me a a like glow in the dark one once. Now that that sounds would... funny as fuck. It doesn't no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's like really? you know those yeah, you know those pound shop glow sticks you used to get that were never really that bright. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It's just oh, like a okay. really dim green light in the darkness. And it's 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 you know, you kind of like it takes you out of the moment. Mm. Yeah, like you're for Halloween it. though. Imagine if it actually works. You just no, it's like, like, you know, it's got like the candles you know what? Lit. boom. No, it, it's literally like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just like have a sleep. I'll go in the morning. <laughs> I'll get some actual ones because I don't really want to be looking like seeing just a glow in the distance of this fucking glow stick, like reflecting off of somewhere and like being like, what the fuck's that? Oh, it's that. Okay. What about a hypothetical question? Say like your dream crush, like, I don't know, it's Jason Momoa, but he's got a pumpkin spice, like a condom. Do you take, do you leave? If I was single, Maybe depends how many tequilas I've had. <laughs> Just to block out the, the taste and the smell of pumpkin spice. To be fair, I think pumpkin spice tastes shit anyway, so I would not have any ex- expectation of like this is gonna taste great. So that's true. There's yeah, no that on top of latex, you can't be more disappointed. Exactly, a, an awful combination that you like. I mean, there probably is pumpkin spice condoms out there, you know. I'm sorry, there are Tabasco flavored ones, so there must be pumpkin spice. Who the fuck gets Tabasco? So, oh, I just want to torch myself today. (laughs) Imagine, imagine it. Also for the woman. Oh, but the thing is, there's like all these different types of condoms that have a very unique purpose, but flavored condoms have none. That is true. For me. It, from, in my opinion, it's for teenagers who are like trying out a load of stuff and think they're really cool and think this is what adults do. Other than that, no. I can't see a purpose to them. I mean, to, even yeah, as a teenager, even as a teenager, I didn't, I didn't think, oh yeah, that that'll be fun to try. I, I always had like the image of like you pull that out and then immediately be like, yeah, you know what, this ain't gonna happen. <laughs> and that is true. Yeah. That is what happens. But some yeah. men don't have that awareness and they just think this is gonna be amazing women are going to fall at my feet because I do this and you're just like, no. Then they'll, they'll quickly learn. <laughs> yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. So I'm glad about that. You guys, that was that was awesome because when I asked the bangers guys that, they were like, oh, fucking gift, mate. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I was like, really? And they were like, no? And I'm like, come on, let me hear your explanation. No? And they were like, well, we're not the ones sucking on them, are we? And I was like, Right, great. <laughs> Why do I even? <laughs> yeah, so I like your answers. <laughs> so, just to round everything off, I just wanted to quickly ask you guys because we are recording this on yeah the third of October. So, yeah. your top three albums from September that got released. Oh shit! This is gonna be an hard one. You can it's do really five really if you want. I've got a whole list as well. Five is cool. It is hard. Bloodbath, Thorbophilic, and Tribal Gears. I can't, I can't and name And Devil Wears Prada. I am so terrible at listening to full albums, though. Um, can, I cho- can I choose singles? Sure. All right, so the new Lorna Shaw track, I really liked that. I thought it was very, like, different level of, you know, it wasn't to the Hellfire Part 46. 
um it was <laughs> definitely like a really good like improvement um I really liked Tribal Glaze and a third one I'm struggling. I'm going to have to check my Spotify and see what I was listening to. There was one single that was released that I've been literally like listening to off. Yeah, so it's from a band called Law of Power. It's Born Into War. They're like a hardcore band from, I'm assuming Los Angeles from the music video because mm-hmm. they're very tanned, very muscly and they're definitely walking through Los Angeles. Um <laughs> Very muscly. Yeah. Oh no, the vocalist is the biggest man I have ever seen in my life. Fair like enough. I was ter- I, just from watching the video, I'm like, yeah, I would not want to like cross him in any bad way. I, I, <laughs> I wanted to send him flowers just to make sure I didn't mean, I, you know, make sure I don't mean any ill intent. But um, yeah, no, that track is very good. Um, it's got a really, really nice, like, bouncy sort of opener. And the breakdown is the intro slowed down, so you know every hardcore kid's gonna lose their head to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, those are my like three from September because I really enjoyed them. I, I don't really listen to albums, so I'll yeah. just tend to listen to singles and then like kind of forget that the albums coming out until like six months later. I'm like, oh yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, oh, can I can I have a can I have a, sorry? Can I have a, a fifth one as well? I agree, fucker. Like, yeah, um, go on, do it. Did um Fallujah come out this month? Next, yeah, it was on September. the ninth. Yeah. Yes, that'll be my fifth choice because that was mm-hmm. that Jeff's was kiss. Yeah. Yeah. See, you mentioned Lorna Shaw. I've listened to the whole new album. I've had it. It's in my inbox. It's probably in your guys if you have that. It it might be. This is what we're meant to do. We don't check this email. We were meant to check the emails last week. We forgot. Get on it, Nathan. It's in there. If you're you're subscribed to them, it's there. I'm going to go on the email after this. I just need to do this. I just can't. I love all sorts of like super extreme metal. He, the vocalist super talented no doubt like he does fucking amazing things with his voice and they're all talented musicians but it's just it's so intense for my ears i just i can't listen to a whole album at a time even one song afterwards i'm like fuck that was like a workout for my brain i, I yeah, just I, can't it's so intense i don't my, understand how the drummer plays like that music every night on a tour because i'd be ruined after the first like I'd, maybe 10 yeah. minutes he'd be like he must have superhuman abilities like What's but my favorite three mine uh three oh i have a list here there's 12 <laughs> <laughs> um some of the ones you mentioned like travel gaze oh, revocate yeah. revocation fallujah oh my god i forgot about revocation wait i'm swapping that for my third one <laughs> um xenobiotic was one of my favorites um Omophasia, God Eater and Stormland. They came out last Friday. Amazing stuff. Really amazing stuff. But yeah, I'm gonna see Revocation in January. I'm very excited. Yeah. I think um they're doing Manchester as well. So I'm probably gonna head down to that. Oh, by the way, you know when you mentioned that like Moller doing a tour in the UK. So mm. I was like, Nathan, we should we should get on this. So the next day I text Nathan, I was like, oh, I think Maul doing a talk. I checked the dates and it was literally the day after the podcast that we did. Yeah. So I missed it. And I was like, no. I saw that. I saw that after recording. I was like, am I, did, did I get that right? And I was like, I knew they were going <laughs> to be in the UK at some point. And I was like, oh, it was like yesterday. Great. I can't believe I missed it. I'm so I felt sad. so bad. Uh, I was like, oh God. <laughs> it was a sunburst journey to work. Listening yeah. to Diorama. I was like. <laughs> oh, I know. But. They'll be back, I'm sure. Like when I spoke to Kim, he was like, they would they just they love touring in the UK. So he he awesome. says we'll do it any chance we get. So I'll never make that mistake again. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to see him. There's quite a few there's quite a few gigs that are getting announced where I'm like, I really want to go to that. Mm. But my wallet is very disagreement like disagreeing on that. <laughs> um I'm so the same, I'm... like you know the band Hell Ripper? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we spoke to them. Spoke to him. He, Very good. He's super nice. I saw them at Incineration. And um, he's just announced, uh, I've been bugging him, like literally harassing him the last like year. Like, come to Denmark, come to Denmark. And he wrote to me, he was like, I'm coming to Denmark. I was like, fuck, I'm working that night. Damn it. <laughs> no. I suppose you got to get him to rearrange either. No, and it's a Tuesday night, right? And I work weekday. You know, I've got my like nine to five like everyone else. And I just, Oh, can i take two days off work probably not <laughs> you gotta make it happen he's, he's made a tour 
for you and you can't go. Speaking of that, you obviously you said that we should come down sometime and me and Brad have been looking into it and we might be, te- we are actually quite tempted to go mm-hmm. um, because we worked out, it's cheaper for us to fly to Poland yes. and then fly to London than it is to get the train. It's like, like it's like a couple, like, like check I, I think it's like 60 quid or something like that for us to fly to Poland, then to London, then to London, back to put like back to Poland, back to Leeds. So like, mm-hmm. it's like, we might as well, I'm, I'm half tempted to go, let, fuck it, let's go to Poland for a little bit before and then go to the festival after. Mm-hmm. So we might, we, we might maybe see, we go down. It'd be like my second time in London if we do. So we'll look after you. It's all right. Yeah. Let's do it. Sounds fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it was, it was, it was really like, <laughs> I missed half of it because, you know, I had to like travel a fuck ton, but I, I got to see the two bands that I wanted to see. So that was all great. But yeah, it was a really good night. Yeah. So, it's on the list. I think we'll round out there. Thank you very much for joining me. No worries. It's been great. It's being been a pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. It's, been, it's been unusual. It's been on the, like the receiving end of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do we do? <laughs> Thank you very well. I mean, we've discovered so much about you two yeah. you know the, the basic bitchness <laughs> <with your laughs> yeah. side i was never meant to show on this podcast now now the world knows brad doesn't wear condoms yeah so this is a message this is a message to all brad's previous partners yeah go to the clinic um, <laughs> <laughs> just in case because we've established it doesn't wear cause havoc go to the clinic send him a little message how's it going yeah. <laughs> I've got to say hello to my 12 children. Before you tell Brad, tell me so I can have a little bit of a laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell Nathan so he can reveal it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, big Brad, grand reveal. Remember when you said you don't work out? You've got chlamydia. <laughs> my pumpkin spice minions as well. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's amazing image. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. I had a blast. No, it's been great. Thank you very much.